Hey, y'all. Welcome to the His Word My Walk podcast. Today, I have something special for you. A while back, I spoke at a women's conference, and let me tell you, what God showed me as I was studying to teach through the Beatitudes, well, you're about to get it all right here. So sit back. Wait, scratch that. Don't sit back. Just plan for an extra loop on your walk because this teaching is straight fire. If you prefer, you can actually watch this one on YouTube, and I'll link that right in the show notes for you. The audio may sound a little different on this one, so bear with me, but I'll leave you with this to get you started. As a follower of Jesus Christ, let's not just talk His talk, but also walk His walk. Welcome to His Word, My Walk where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, healthy Christian lifestyle mentor. And for the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I'm so honored to be here to share this with you today, to get you started, to take faith in action, to speak to you as a woman of God to another woman of God. And I'm so excited for what God has to share with you in this scripture today. My name is Kayla. I am a Christian mentor and life coach. And I'm so excited. My deepest, deepest desire, my deepest passion is to help women grow in their own relationship with God. My desire is to help you right where you are, grow in understanding of God's word, grow in understanding of who he has called you to be, and grow in understanding of how you can actually walk out his truth in your daily life every single day. Whether you're a mom, a business owner, a teacher, a doctor, whatever it is that God has called you to do and called you to be and called you to steward over, I believe that it's time for you to walk out his truth in that area of your life right now. So I'm so excited to share with you today. I um, I serve women. I serve Christian women. And I get to do that through my podcast, which is called His Word, My Walk. And I release weekly episodes teaching exactly that, how to understand His Word and take it into my walk in my daily life. I come from years of an athletic background. I was an elite athlete. I was an elite basketball player through college, winning a national championship. Then I actually went on to work in professional sports. I worked for the National Basketball Association for many years um, and had a great career with them. And then I became a personal trainer (laughs) and everything has worked together to live this healthy lifestyle with Jesus as the foundation. And then I ended up back getting another degree in all things Bible through all those years and all those careers and moving in and out, ending up back at a Christian school, getting that second degree, then working for a church full time, then working another job, then again, working for a church full time. Let me just say this. I used to say I was in full-time ministry, right? We often hear that term. I was in full-time ministry. We all, as believers, are in full-time ministry. Whether you are doing something within the church or in this world, God has each of us in full-time ministry. So if that's what you needed to hear today, it's time for you to take action right where you are. Right where he has you, 
You are in full-time ministry and you have opportunities at the gym, at the grocery store, at the school, wherever it is, he's placing opportunities in front of you for ministry. It doesn't have to be in the church. There's no like level that makes you higher in his eyes. It's that we walk out his truth in our daily life, no matter where we are, okay? So I'm gonna speak to you today. I have this assignment, Matthew chapter five, verses one through 12. Okay, so I'm gonna read from the New Living Translation. I'm gonna read it through one time and then we're gonna start to break it down a little bit, okay? So here we go. Matthew chapter five, starting in verse one. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Oh, it makes me like not even want to stop because Jesus is now speaking what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. This is the kickoff to it. And then he speaks more and more and more. And it makes me want to not even stop right here because I just want to read more of what he's saying and what he's teaching. So we're going to get right into this. Now, you may know this as the Beatitudes, right? The Beatitudes, meaning the blessings. That's what Beatitudes means, the blessings. Now, I read from the New Living Translation of the Bible. You may read a different translation that says, blessed are those, right? We know these statements. Blessed are those who are poor. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those. Okay, so if you know and understand the scripture in that translation, no problem. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible today, okay? And that's another thing that I actually teach and that I teach women is how to find a translation of the Bible that works for you. How to really find one that you can understand all the words. I truly believe that God left his word this is all his word, all of it breathed by him, inspired by him. I believe that he left this so that we can understand it. I don't believe you have to study and know and go and get the extra education just to be able to hear him. Okay, so there are different translations of the Bible available. And if you need help finding one that will work for you, you can hit me up anytime. I am always open to help you in discovering how to read God's word and understand it for yourself. And it often starts with choosing a translation of the Bible that will work for you. Okay, so from the New Living Translation, let me go back to verse one. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. As I was reading through these verses for weeks and weeks, studying, researching, praying over what God really had for me to share with you today. <laughs> verse one and two is where I was sitting. I was just so focused on verse one and two and that's before Jesus even opens his mouth. It's before the Beatitudes, okay? We often focus on that. But when I read these first two verses, they became so real to me. 
One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. This is where we read about Jesus and about how he acted and what he did. I chose today to sit here on the floor with a table <laughs> to sit here and just have this casual, real conversation with you. Okay, this doesn't have to be up on a stage. This is us having a conversation. So the first thing we need to do when we open God's word is first of all, invite him into this conversation. So let's do that right now. Father God, I come to you right now and I just thank you for this day. I thank you for every person who is logged in, who is signed in, who is watching a replay, who is watching this video right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you open their ears, open their eyes to see, to hear, to receive something from you in such a fresh way that they have never experienced you in that way before. God, speak through me. Less of me, more of you in this time that I have to share exactly what you have shown me so freshly in these verses in the last little while. We thank you for this time. We do this all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we have invited God in. This is a conversation we're about to have with him. Now, when we open the word, we have to understand the context. That's the first thing. What's happening? Who's speaking? Who are they speaking to? How can we understand the words of the Bible, God's word, if we don't understand what's exactly going on? So when I do that, when I need to understand the context, I have to kind of flip back a page or two. What just happened? What's going on? Who's speaking? Who are they speaking to? What's happening in their time? Well, Jesus is just starting his earthly ministry, like just starting he was just led by the spirit into the wilderness, which we know what happens next. The devil comes and he tempts him, right? Throw yourself down and God will catch you. But Jesus always answers with the scripture also says, right? Even the enemy knows the scripture. He says, but the scripture says this. And Jesus comes back with, yes, but the scripture also says this. Do you know God's word enough to fight the enemy? But this is what Jesus just came out of, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, being tempted by the enemy. And now his ministry on earth begins. He's starting to walk around. He's starting to teach in the synagogues. People are starting to follow him. It says in chapter four that he healed every sickness and disease, every sickness and disease. Large crowds followed him everywhere he went. Okay, so that's what's going on. That's what's going on with Jesus. He's just started. People are starting to follow him. He just grabbed the first couple disciples. And now we start at the start of chapter five, what's called the Sermon on the Mount. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. So now that we have the context, we know where Jesus is coming from. Here's the most amazing thing about these two verses. And y'all, I am going to get to the Beatitudes. I am going to get to the blessings. But this right here was so important when I was reading. And it was so heavy on my heart that I truly believe the Holy Spirit has for me to share it with you. Everything that I've seen in just these two verses. One day. One day as he saw the crowds gathering. This is not Jesus saying, hey, join me next Sunday and I'm going to preach the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to teach you the foundations of the kingdom. This is not planned ahead of time. Join me Friday night. You don't want to miss it. This says one day, one day. Now we're supposed to take our example from Jesus. Are you prepared for just one day? Any day, any ordinary day, are you prepared to share the kingdom of God with others? 
Like I said earlier, whether at the grocery store, whether at the gym, whatever it is, are you prepared for this to be your one day? Jesus didn't plan all of this. It was all inside him because it's all coming out, right? Because of his relationship with the father, because he is the father in person, Jesus walking on earth, fully God, fully man. Today's the day. One day as he saw the crowds gathering, which was normal, just like every other day, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. Now I chose to sit here on the floor as I'm speaking to you today, but as I did a little more research, it was actually customary in their day for the teacher to sit and others to stand around. Okay, so he goes up on the mountain. Now it's interesting to me because this is the first time we hear that Jesus goes up on the mountain. But later on, if we continue to read, if we continue to study his life, he often goes up on the mountain to be alone, to spend time with the Father. So I imagine this being a customary thing that he did, but just one day, one day, I can't stress that enough. One day, this is not a planned thing. This is not preparation ahead of time. He's always ready. In basketball and athletics, there's a phrase that we say, and it's people always say like, get ready, get ready, get ready, right? And as an athlete, we were always taught and something you would say to speak back to people is, I stay ready so I don't have to get ready, right? That was always our like comeback. And I feel like Jesus is that. I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. Just one day, Jesus stays ready. One day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. He sat down and then this, his disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. So when we look at context, let's understand this, his disciples. Now, if you do a word search on this, disciples in this sentence actually means followers. So this isn't necessarily meaning the 12 or the chosen ones that were close to him. This is all his followers. Okay, so his followers, his disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. So everything we read, everything we hear Jesus speak during this Sermon on the Mount, he's speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to believers. Now, this is really important for us to understand as believers in this generation, because oftentimes we will take words, we will take truth, we will take scripture from God's word, and we'll try to apply it to everyone. We'll try to apply it to the whole world. We'll try to use it and almost manipulate it whether we mean to or not, because we're not understanding the full context. So what Jesus is about to speak He's speaking to believers. I believe I'm speaking to believers right now. Now, did any unbelievers hear him as he's speaking the Beatitudes and everything of the Sermon on the Mount? I'm sure they did. I actually hope they did. When I speak and when I speak about God, when I pray for others, whether in a coffee shop somewhere, when I'm doing that, I hope that others hear. I hope that others are eavesdropping. If I'm sitting in the sauna at the gym and I strike up a conversation with someone and we start to talk about Jesus, which if you're going to talk to me for any amount of time, he's probably going to come up. I hope unbelievers hear because it's by the Holy Spirit quickening their ears to be open that they're able to receive, able to hear. It's not about me convincing someone. It's the Holy Spirit's job within them. Okay. So I hope, but Jesus is speaking intentionally and teaching his disciples. So what we read from here on out is to those who have already decided to follow him. Okay, so now let's get into this. Matthew chapter five, verse three. Now we're starting the Beatitudes, how nicely it's broken up in our Bibles today. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now, as I understand now that he's speaking to believers, to his disciples, 
God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. This is not about money, right? Other translations say blesses those who are poor in spirit. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Yeah, as a believer, I know that now, right? I know that I am blessed because I believe that I need him. I believe that I am poor without Jesus, poor in spirit, right? God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. I know that as believers, we hold true to this truth. Next verse, God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. Now this, this word mourn is actually not speaking about um, the death of loved ones. It's not that type of mourning. It's actually mourning the life that you're leaving behind. So oftentimes when we receive Christ, when we become believers in Christ, there's a life that was past that we used to live. And sometimes people will mourn that life. And it says here, God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. He is our comfort. We know that to be true. Let's keep going. God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. See what's happening here is Jesus is laying out the foundation of living in the kingdom of God. It's almost like the like, like the declaration of the kingdom. If we had a declaration of like, these are our core values of living in the kingdom of God. This is what this is. We can go back to chapter four. Jesus says, it says from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn from God for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then he goes on, he comes up on the mountain, sits down and he's teaching his disciples. He's teaching those who have agreed and desired to follow him. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice for they will be satisfied. That's a truth that we as believers can hold on to, okay? God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. We know this and this is a truth that we can hold on to. God blesses those whose hearts are pure for they will see God. A pure heart. Do you have a pure heart? Is your heart leaning toward God? You will see God. Remember, I can't stress this enough. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, to his followers. They are speaking to believers. So sometimes we will take this word, we will take these beatitudes, and we'll use them as almost a manipulation tactic to try to get people saved, to try to convince people of what the kingdom is like. We'll use this as this is how you get saved. This is why you want to be saved. But that's not what Jesus is doing. He's not putting these up as a list of if you join me, this is what you receive. And oftentimes when we are speaking to others, and especially unbelievers, that's what we often try to do. If you believe in God, you will experience all of this. If you do this, you will have all of this. But that's actually not how Jesus is teaching this. He's actually teaching it. You have decided to follow me. Now, here, let me give you the core values. Let me give you the declaration of living in the kingdom of God. This is how we roll. Okay, so if I were to break this down, we've got to first join the team. Okay, y'all, y'all, if you haven't heard yet, I, I was an athlete for a long time. Okay, so athletics, especially basketball, I just kind of flow with that. So first you got to join the team. Now, when it comes to the kingdom of God, you don't have to make the team. You just got to join the team. Anyone can join the team, but you have to make the decision to join the team. Now, what happens once you've joined the team? 
Now you need to get the game plan. And this is Jesus laying out the game plan. Okay, blessed are those whose hearts are pure for they will see God. Verse nine, God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of God. It's not always gonna be easy. It is not always gonna be easy, but God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of God. Verse 10, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. See what I mean when I say we don't want to use these as a, if you join the kingdom, look at all the good stuff you get. <laughs> God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now that you are on the team, here's the game plan, and you will be persecuted. You will, but the kingdom of heaven is yours. Verse 11, Jesus says this, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. That's a long sentence and I feel like his heart is just coming out of this. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. There's two things I want you to really see in this verse. Jesus has spoken all of these foundations, these beatitudes, with God blesses those, God blesses those who, God blesses those who, blessed are those who. And now that we hit verse 11, Jesus says, God blesses you. Now this is personal. If you're really in the kingdom, now this is personal. You are my follower. You joined the team. Here's the game plan. And I know that you are going to feel this. So let me speak directly to you. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. It doesn't say God blesses you when people do all those things um, for other reasons. It's because you are my followers. When we are followers of Christ and we live according to this word and according to his truth, people will persecute us. People will mock us. People will lie about us. It's all laid out here. And Jesus went through it. And wait, he says more. Be happy about it, exclamation. Be very glad, exclamation. Are you kidding me? Why should we be happy about it? Why should we be very glad? Because the kingdom of heaven is ours. And he finishes off with this. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You are not alone in this. You're not the first to go through this. And hopefully you won't be the last because the kingdom will hopefully continue to grow because of what you're going through and because of how you're sharing it. Okay, so I need you to understand Jesus is speaking to you as a believer. He is speaking to believers here. And this is how he is teaching it. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. This is the game plan. These are the core values. Every decision made from here on out should be able to revert back to these core values. Do they fall in line with this? Do they line up as I'm making a decision in life? Am I gonna make a decision? Can I line it up with these? These are the declarations. These are the pillars of what it is living in the kingdom of God. And as we understand this now, 
it's almost like not to diminish anything about God's word, but actually to understand it, how I speak and how and how I read. As I was starting to read this over and over and really understand the context, really understand that he's speaking to his followers. Now that I can receive it for my life as a believer, when I read something like verse three, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. I almost want to say, yeah, like almost like, duh. Like that makes complete sense. That makes complete sense for believers to understand these truths. But remember the context. This is the first time that Jesus is sharing all of this. This is the first time that he is speaking. There's no Paul yet. There's no Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. There's no first, second, third John. This is the first time Jesus is laying out the foundations of the kingdom. And this is what he chooses to say. The first time Jesus has a crowd and he's going to sit and teach his believers, his disciples, who are then going to go and teach others. And this is what he tells them to teach. This is what he wants instilled in them. And you can continue to go on the Sermon of the Mount and it is all very important. But this is where he starts. This right here is the foundation. And I need to circle back to verse 1 and verse 2. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. I want to encourage you today. You have joined the team. You have received the game plan. Now it's time to execute the game plan. And how do we execute it? We take Jesus as our example. And how did Jesus live? You know, something that was so amazing that I've never thought through in this way before, as I was studying to share this message with you right now, I was thinking how we often get so excited about the red letters in the Bible. So I told you before that, you know, I, I ended up getting a second degree. I ended up working for a church full time. I was actually running a fitness-based ministry and teaching women and speaking at conferences. I was doing all of these things. And I still felt like something was missing. I was doing all these things for God. I was singing all the worship songs. I was reading all the books. I was doing the devotions. I was listening to sermons all the time, getting all this knowledge. And I still felt like something was missing. And it was in a moment that I was sitting in the morning reading a book about God that I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me. Well, it was more like a kick. <laughs> That's kind of how he flows with me. He knows what I need. Time about God is not the same as time with God. Now, I, I was doing all these things about God. I, was, I went to school to get a degree learning about God. I was listening to people speak about God. I was reading books about God. I was singing songs about God. I was doing all these things in my life about God, but I wasn't spending time with him. And when that realization came, it was this eye-opening experience, and that was the day in 2017 that I committed to opening this Bible and reading every single day. And I can tell you from 2017 until now, there's maybe five to 10 days a year that I miss. This is how I choose to spend time with God. Every morning I spend time with God in his word. Now the Bible that I, I grabbed at that time, I just had to get a new one because it's all torn up. <laughs> but all the words were green. Nothing was red or black or anything. So this is a new one. So I'm reading these red letters. And, and often we look at this as the red letters are more important because those are the words that Jesus spoke. Yes, but the black letters tell us who he was and what he did. 
And for me and for you as believers, we are to live our life according to his example as well. So we need to focus on the black letters as well. We need to read the black letters because that tells us who he was on earth. It tells us how he lived, how he walked. You never read Jesus saying, and then I went here and did this, and then I did this. The red letters are what he spoke and his words hold power and his words are for teaching for us too. But we need to focus on those black letters, the black letters in the Bible that tell us who Jesus was, that tell us how he lived on earth, that teach us the example that we are to follow. One day, one day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. That's the example we are to live by. That's the action we are to take. When we have faith, faith to be like Jesus was when he walked on earth. That's the example right there. We can decide to join the team. We can get the game plan, but now it's time to execute the game plan. And when we execute the game plan, it's not just about the instructions. It's actually about being like this. It's actually about learning from the example of the person. It's not just pages. It's not just diagrams. It's not just drawings of here's how you go and here's where you go for this and this is what he said. It's how did Jesus actually live and how did the disciples live in reference to that? I love this part of those same two verses that I cannot let go of. One day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him. Now the Bible doesn't tell us that he said, everybody over here, over here, I'm about to teach. Jesus sat down and his disciples gathered around him. How often do I, as Jesus' disciple, choose to gather around him? How often do I have his word sitting here, have opportunities with other people, have opportunities to collaborate, to visit, to worship in community? Do I gather around? His disciples gathered around him. They had this craving. Jesus was so new in his ministry and they craved what he had. He had just healed so many people. Has Jesus in my life, have I let that power kind of diminish? Have I let that freshness slide to the side? Or if Jesus were to come and sit in front of me, do I still want to gather around? Do I still have that desire? And I want to encourage you, this right here is his word. This is him. This will give you everything you need to know to understand how he lived on this earth, what he taught, how he spoke, how he's still seated at the right hand of the Father, and everything you need to know to spend time with God. If you're wondering, how does God speak to you? This is the number one way right here. All scripture is inspired by God. Literally breathed through him. All of it. Every word here. So if I can encourage you at all, spend time with God in his word. This is not just about reading a Bible. This is about spending time with God in his word. Spending time with him so that we can understand him as our father, as our savior, so that we can understand the life that Jesus lived on earth, so that we can learn from example, so that we can learn from his words so that we can take action, so that we can walk it out, so that we can represent him and be his disciples still on this earth today. I really want to encourage you today in that, to open his word, to spend time with him in his word, because one day he's going to call on you, and it could be today, to share the kingdom of God with someone else. It's not going to be when you prepare ahead of time. 
It's not going to be on a Sunday morning at church. It's going to be one day, one day that you're going to sit down and someone is going to gather around you. And do you know how to share God's kingdom? Are you willing to share it? And are you willing to walk it out in your life? You've decided to join the team. You've got the game plan. It's time to execute the game plan with faith. Let me pray over you. Father God, I thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I pray that you are touching every person who has listened to this, who has experienced this teaching right here. I pray that whatever they hear, Holy Spirit, that you are just quickening in them the action to take. The action to take to grow in their relationship with you, to continue to walk out your truth in their daily life so that others can be impacted, so that your kingdom can grow. God, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who you sent to earth so that we can learn, so that we can learn what an example is how to live according to your kingdom, how to have these principles that are truths in our lives. All of that to then die for our sins, to die for our sins so that we can have a relationship with you. I thank you, God. I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you for the sacrifice of your son who is now seated with you, seated with you in glory. We give you all the glory for this message, for these moments in Jesus' name, amen. I want to share with you really quickly one of the things that I really teach besides understanding God's word is I really teach people how to take his word and make that truth powerful. I have a free guide that you can download. It's called the Get Unstuck Guide. A lot of times we get stuck in our minds. We get stuck in our thoughts. The enemy is always coming at your mind, trying to tell you lies, trying to tell you about yourself trying to tell you you're sick, that you're not good enough, that you'll never be qualified. He is trying to do whatever he can. He's trying to do it in your mind. But the truth of God's word can make him be quiet and can make him stop and overpowers him and all of those truths. The Bible says that we are to take every thought captive, but it doesn't stop there. We are to take every thought captive and make it submit to the truth of God's word. So if you want that guide, there's a link here. You can go to my website at kaylapraise.com forward slash get unstuck. But there is a link available to you and you can get that free guide. And I walk you through some of the top lies that the enemy may be telling you in your life, how to find the scripture and find the truth that you can speak over that. And you're going to have to keep speaking it and speaking it and speaking it over that. It's almost like you have to put the enemy and those thoughts in a headlock and hold him there until he taps out. You're going to have to keep speaking God's word and speaking God's truth. It's his word that has the power, not your own. Your own positive thoughts aren't going to do it. They just won't. The power comes from God's word. So I have that free guide available for you. And I would love for you to check out my podcast. It's called His Word, My Walk. Thank you so much for listening to this message. I really, really pray that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you through this and that you are ready to take action, that you are ready to take the steps and walk out what he has called you to walk out in your everyday life right here, right now. Thank you for joining me this week. My prayer is that this episode was able to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and challenge your body. The His Word My Walk podcast is here to serve you. So if you haven't already, you can check out more of my programs and services at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kayla Praise. 
If you could do me a quick favor and leave a written review in your listening app, I would really appreciate it. I'll see you next time.